So last podcast was recorded right before that UFC fight. And, you know, we were watching that UFC fight and Ilya knocked out Volkanovski in round two. And, you know, it occurred to me then that there's no bad thought going through that person's mind. Like that guy, all of his thoughts are 100% positive and they all, you know, prop him up. And I realized how rare that is for a normal person, you know, or most people. Like most people get nervous at the prospect of playing someone with more experience than them or they get nervous at the prospect of a test or something because they have intrinsic self-belief that they're going to do something bad or they're going to mess up somehow, somehow, somewhere, like during a presentation or something. And I feel like, you know, guys like that, guys with that mentality, they exist and they're, I don't know, indefigable to think of a, to, to uh, you know. Indefigable. In, no, it's indefigable. <laughs> indefigability indefigate yeah that word yeah yeah no it's not no it's not that word all right but that that word you know that mm-hmm. that's what they are mm-hmm. and there's no self-doubt and there's no positive thought or negative thoughts running through their mind at all yeah whatsoever i also think it's just crazy the amount of people who have who beat on themselves and have negative that amount of negativity towards yourself uh, you know why would you be negative towards yourself out of all people you know that's true and even and they think it's i don't know it's just it's become even a little bit normalized i think the amount people are i don't know a good example i'd have to think but it's just if you notice it you notice it how much people beat on themselves and how yeah. much also it's just in your head you know sometimes i just find myself thinking you know oh i'm gonna i'm so screwed or something but that's just so dumb mm-hmm. you know because it's all within yourself yeah or some people are saying i'm cooked bro i'm cooked yeah and they think it's funny but it's not it's I don't know. The effect on yourself yeah. is... It's so the subconscious is always listening. Yeah, yeah. The effect on yourself is not worth the funniness. Or maybe it's a way to, I don't know, like, or maybe it's a way to cope with it or something. You know, Yeah, but you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't even be feeling... Because it's all a mental thing. Yeah. Like, you should never feel nervous for a test. Yeah. You should never feel nervous yeah. for anything. A yeah. presentation? Why, why are you feeling nervous for a presentation? It's like the, 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 the most, you yeah. know, easy thing ever. You just go up there and you talk for a little bit and then you, you sit back down. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. talked to your friends before. Yeah. Are you afraid of doing it in front of a class? Yeah. Like or yeah. in front of a work workspace? Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I feel like if you have that mentality where you're like, nothing is gonna affect me, then people like that will obviously not feel nervous on a presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I even I notice I notice it within myself, uh, especially last year when I was uh, during sports sports season before a game or before meet. I was always like, you know, I always, there was visions playing through my mind where I messed up or, you know, I, I went slower than everybody else or I pictured everybody else just passing me. And it was just a subconscious thing. Like it wasn't even a direct thing where I was like, you know, let, let's imagine what's going to happen if I fail. But I was just, it just visions of that just kept playing through my mind before my, before my run, for example, mm-hmm. like if I was running the 800 right before that run. You know, I just see visions of my other people passing me on the final stretch or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I'm like, but if you if you listen to what Ilya says, he's saying like he was he was having visions of him knocking out Volkanovski. He's saying that was for sure happening. Like he was saying, I know it, but when this day comes, everybody else will also know it. Yeah, for sports, for me, I think something that that goes back to is just not thinking about the future too much. Because one. Okay, let's say you can't, you're going to envision yourself, but if you can't envision yourself in a good way, it's better to just not envision anything at all. Just be in that moment and just think about how you're going to make the correct decision in the moment instead of thinking about the future in which you might mess yourself up. So I don't know. That's also an approach. And I think it goes back to how, how a lot of people say, just live in the present and don't think about the past or the future. I think the first time I heard it was in the Mahabharata, where there, Krishna was telling Krishna was telling someone that the like I forgot the exact wording, but he was saying that just the message was don't worry about the past or the future, just worry about the present. And then in that sense, you're also going to create the best future, you know, for yourself. Yeah. And and there's just no use at all in worrying about the past. Yeah, the past, you know, it is irrelevant. Yeah. You know, I mean, it can be. Actually, this is just irrelevant also, so I won't say it. All right. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people also, I feel like, have some struggle as well with uh, adhering to the present. 
because we're all just dopamine monkeys and we're just exposed to so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what? Do you have any thoughts on that? Is there any advice that you can give? Present, by present, I mean specifically as opposed to thinking about the future. But or the past. Yeah. So, the present. Yeah, so that not... Uh, most people can't keep their minds still. Like, they always have to think about something. Think about something. Yeah, yeah. So in that case, what do you what do you mean or what are you saying whenever something like that is happening? Yeah, I, I guess like when they're not when their mind is not still, they're thinking yeah. about something either yeah. in the future or present or past mm-hmm. inherently. So, yeah, that's maybe a byproduct of our tech. Also, techno- it, it, is, it is a byproduct of our technology, but it's also a byproduct of our breathing, I think. A lot of people don't breathe correctly. I read the statistic that most people overbreathe and they breathe between 14 to 18 breaths a minute which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like on average, you should be doing six to eight breaths per minute. Yeah. So less than half of that. Yeah. And people just take quick breaths in rapid succession. And then that always, you know, whenever you're taking quick breaths, that puts a signal to your mind that you're anxious, that you're suffering some sort of anxiety in the outwards. And it just it gets it gets multiplied because, you know, people are our ancestors. Whenever they saw a bear in the forest, they got, they started breathing quickly. That's that quick breathing. But now we do that when we're, I don't know, staring at a screen. Or so we're about why to, are we doing that? We're about to lose a breath. Or are, not a breath. We're yeah, about to lose, a, lose some a money or something. Yeah, or money. Why are we breathing more? Why are we breathing yeah. more? We're breathing more rapidly. Yeah, but why? We see higher higher threats or higher risk. Really? But we also, I mean, it, it also has to do with technology as well. Because if we're seeing a movie and we feel nervous for a character, our, if you notice your breath in that moment, it's also smaller. Mm-hmm. It's quicker. Quicker, quicker, smaller breaths. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I don't know, a situation where you're 100% relaxed. Like you're speaking with your family. Your breaths are going to be longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I just wonder why we're, we breathe more now as opposed to before. Or you were saying before our breath would rise when we, you know, saw... Encounter something uncomfortable. Encounter something uncomfortable. But how, like what kind of uncomfortable things are we encountering now? If anything, we're more comfortable now than before. Yeah, I know, but back in the day, or in however many years ago, yeah, prehistoric times. prehistoric times, it was the norm was just for them to be walking around, yeah, all the time, and yeah. or you know conversing with their families or their tribes or whatever, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the only the instance in which their heart rate would start rising and they start breathing faster is if they encountered a predator animal, alone, without any weapons or anything. But now, you know, we're not doing that. Our norm is just sitting in our room. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe, you know, there's inside of us, there is that feeling of not doing anything that gives us some anxiety, maybe. Not sure. This is just theory at this point. Yeah. But yeah. that that is something that I think or that I see that, yeah. you know, could be causing something in our brain. Yeah. How do you not have any thoughts on this? You just keep saying yeah. But also, oh, you shouldn't say yeah and mm-hmm, okay yeah, that much know, at all. Know, do that so much. Yeah. There's a clip in the last one that I did completely. I was going to make it a clip, but you just kept saying yeah, 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 yeah so all right, much. All right. I'll stop. I'll it. stop. You shouldn't say anything. All right. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about negative thoughts at first. I don't know how we got to this. Breathing. Because <clears throat> breathing causes negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. It can stimulate them, at least. I feel like a reasonable practice to do based off that would be to, you know, well, one, take deeper breaths, but two, also see yourself in a successful light. Like, just visually see yourself in a successful light. Like, I don't know, what's something that someone would be struggling with? Like, let's say sports performance anxiety. If someone is anxious for a result in sports, you don't even have to think about beating everybody else. Or let's take a run as an example. You don't have to visualize you beating everybody else, but you could visualize, I don't know, a conversation with you and your teammate where they're like, oh, I, like, I didn't know you ran so fast or something like that, or your coach saying good job or something. Like just something, you know, to slowly reprogram your subconscious. Yeah, I, I remember even when when I was when I was going to take some test, some guy, some guy was telling me, the night before you take that test, in the morning of the test, take 15 minutes and envision just the best version of that day. 
So he was saying in the morning, imagine yourself having the best breakfast you've ever had. And then mm. on your drive, it's, it's all green lights or something. You just don't have, it's just the best version of that day happens for you. And then he was saying, on, and then once you get to the test, just imagine you know every single answer and you circle all the, and you, it's so easy for you. But he was saying 15 minutes before you sleep, take that or do that. And then 15 minutes when you wake up, also do that. Who said that? I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a while ago. I think it was in middle school. It was maybe some academic competition, something. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's that's pretty wise, honestly. And yeah. how did he, you know, that 15 minutes before you go to sleep, that's when your subconscious is the most active. Yeah. Like, if you go to sleep thinking about something, yeah. then it's probably likely imprinted into your subconscious. Yeah. Like, I remember I went to sleep, I told you this as well, but I went to sleep thinking that we had 500,000 subscribers. <laughs> and every time my mind would deviate from that thought, I'd just bring it back. And I'd only focus on an image of me opening up and refreshing a web page, and it, it got 500,000 subscribers. And, you know, I had... I literally had dreams that we, that we not not with 500,000, but that we're just increasing subscribers and we got so many comments that we can't even look at them. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I had to check. Like, I, I checked my phone immediately once. I just to opened up sure YouTube Studio. you're that sure. Yeah. Because yeah. even especially the first five minutes after you wake up, you're also, you, sometimes you can't even tell between dream and reality. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is unrelated, but what it kind of reminds me of is when you're lifting and it's just... You, when you tell yourself you can do one more rep or something, you're able to do it. But then if you, if you think I'm done, if you think I'm done, this this might, I'm just saying this because this might be a more relatable experience for more people. But you know, that's, that's why this is true. So if anyone was wondering, or if anyone that was listening was, would say that this is not true, this is what I would equate it to. Well, uh, lifting one more rep. Yeah, because it's tr- just it's completely mental. There's some things that are just completely mental, and it's. I not, feel like all things are completely it's not physical mental. at all. You know, we're <laughs> all we are all energy at the end of the day. Okay, on a very but on but but I'm even sa- I'm yeah, saying all, this on a more in, practical in level. your day to day life. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That everything is all, you know, or not everything, but there are certain things that are mental, and, and that's proof. Hundred percent. You know, confidence also stems from that. There's some people that just feel so bad in social situations for no reason at all. Like, why should you care is my question. But then they're like, oh, I'll look bad. You know, I'll, oh, oh, uh, it's just some excuse, you know? You know what I mean? But they just don't have, I, I, my, my opinion of that is that if someone is, you know, struggling to express themselves well in a social situation, that means they just, there's some negative self-talk running through their brain. Or their subconscious is programmed in a negative way. Or they've, they've had too many negative inputs to really determine or to really, you know, boost their, or how, how do I put it? They're, to boost their impression of their self, their self-impression. Yeah. I, I don't know. Co- confidence in a social situation. Yeah. I think it hundred percent correlates. Mm-hmm. Cause why would you feel I unconfident? I, a, I think I need a more direct example. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm following. Like someone that just, I don't know, like someone that feels nervous when they're talking to girls. Okay. I'm saying that that's, that's a result of subconscious self or negative subconscious programming. Or somebody told them or they just think to themselves, I, yeah, yeah. Like I don't have experience inputs, speaking to inputs women. Inputs and stuff. If you, yeah. think it's, if you think it's... But it's all, all, inputs also come from the self. Yeah, when you're yeah. thinking to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm not good at this. But it's not just that. Just self. sets a precedent. It's, I would say it's society as well. When society makes it seem like it's difficult to approach girls or talk it's to both. Girls. But if you can tell yourself, "I'm good at this," then I think that that overcomes any input that society puts into you. Mm-hmm. And you can repeatedly tell yourself, "I'm good at this," to the point where you don't even have to think, "I'm good at this." You just naturally are. I think that's all mental. Mm-hmm. Conf- that's what I mean by confidence in a social situation, which yeah. doesn't have to be with just talking to women. It could be with other you know, uh, uh, someone that has a reputed brand, for example, like a guy that's super wealthy or, you know, a guy that's super famous and you go up to him and you talk to him and, you know, you're just asking or you're just having a casual conversation with them. Some people feel more intimidated because in their mind, subconsciously, they place a pedestal on that guy. And, you know, they're like, this guy's above me in some way, shape or form. So I can't talk to him in the same way that I talk to, you know, my sister or my friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's all subconscious as well. Yeah. 
But I think it's also important when you are talking to a more important person like that or someone of higher stature that you do elevate yourself a bit, you know? To elevate themselves, you mean? No. Or to elevate them? You elevate yourself when you're speaking to someone like that. I, I mean, you elevate your speech, you elevate, you know? No, that's not what I mean. Because that, in elevating your speech and, you know, being, that, that's just a sign of respect. I feel like respect is important in, in that scenario. Respect is important in, in all scenarios. But, I mean, if, you, if you're saying especially in that scenario, that's true. But it comes less with respect and more of, you know, I okay, like I guess some people are scared to bring up some topics against a certain person. Yeah. Because they, they're, they're scared of the way that they might be perceived. But, I mean, my train of thought is you should never care how you're perceived by somebody else. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, does it really matter? I don't know. I guess the idea that you're kind of giving off is that everything, if everything is up to belief, then you shouldn't even put an effort into anything, you know? Not that you shouldn't put an effort into something. Like, okay, but that's at a should... really philosophical level that everything is energy and everything is up to your belief. But I'm saying in a more practical level, I don't know if that applies. What? That in a confidence in a social situation and this with this specific example? Or when, when talking to someone that has more wealth than you or more of a brand or more of a name than you? I mean, there's confidence and then there's also, I don't know how to put it. There's, you know, you want to speak better to someone that's important. You want to, you know, like it's, I feel it's, it's almost, it's natural to be a little nervous, but that nervousness gets you somewhere, you know, it's, it's, I feel like that natural response is there for a reason. You know, you feel a little stressed because of, you're speaking to an important person, but that stress is useful. Why? You know, stress is stress is sometimes helpful. Stress helps. It, it's helpful, but I'd say less when speaking to people and more of you know when you see a bear in the forest or something. I feel like that's where our stress comes from. Even when you're speaking from. to someone, or even if someone's important, then you'll watch your words more. You'll you'll make sure that you know you don't speak to that guy how you speak to your sister. I don't think you should speak to that guy the same way you speak to your sister. What? Like a formalized version? Yeah. When, you know, your your words and your etiquette might be up. But yeah, some people are just, they just pander towards those people. Like people that are more important than them. Like they won't disagree with them on anything. I, I Not even some people. I feel like most people are like that. Like I can give an example the other day that I was also a victim of. Whenever the, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, a story that we have. But, you know, Sham is part, or he's the head of the uh, investment club at our school. And there was a guy that came in and he was talking, he was just, He's talking so much crap on Bitcoin. He's just saying Bitcoin is the worst thing ever. And if you invest in it, you're actually a bum. And then he's like, wait, before I get deeper into this, does anybody here actually think investing in Bitcoin is a good idea? I thought it was a good idea. And you did as well. And uh, there's a couple of people that did, but nobody raised their hand. You know what I mean? I feel like in that situation, you should be able to raise your hand. Mm. They're, they're, it's, it's actually wrong not to raise your hand in, yeah. that, in that scenario and to express your opinion. I agree, but... You're saying that's related to, yeah, related to you believing in yourself. Yeah. For me, it's just it's all. I I don't know if you can you can tell me if this is not. Well, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, it was just. I just didn't see it as important in that moment. All right, what am I gonna get out of arguing about Bitcoin with this guy? You know. No, nothing. But you know, okay. For me, I was just like, I don't know what it was. It was a little bit a combination of. You know, I don't want to be the only one to Maybe raise my hand. Maybe we're conditioned to it. Maybe, like, I don't want to be the only one to raise my hand, yeah. one. And then two, also, the second second thing was, I was like, I just don't want to waste more time. Those are the two things running through my brain, I think, at that moment, because it's been a while. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right in the ter- in, in the way that we've been conditioned to it. Yeah. Because even I shouldn't be the only one to raise my hand. That's also a subconscious input mm-hmm. that you shouldn't have. Yeah. Because, sh- yeah, I mean, in, in a certain case, you should just, you know, do it if do it for what's right. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, what do you get out of that story? Or what do you think? What do I get out of that story? Okay, I think where we were going before with believing in yourself makes sense. Okay, the example that makes most sense to me is that gym example. And mm-hmm. I think it's maybe most relatable to general audience in that moment it's purely your mindset it's not your physical power you know or even when you're running and then you're telling yourself 
uh, you know, it's not about it's not about you can't run anymore. You you don't you haven't reached a physical limit. It's your mental limit. Yeah. So that's what for me that's when belief applies itself. But you can say on a philosophical level everything is it's energy. Not, is not 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 even on a philosophical level. I think this is also a real world thing where it's just confidence. It's I mean, the way that you feel about yourself in the presence of somebody else, somebody else that you may place on a pedestal. Like for a lot of guys, it'd, it'd be a woman or it'd be a guy that's uh, that has earned a lot of money or is super successful. That's also a mental thing because what's actually stopping you from raising your hand in that scenario or to, I don't know, express a little bit more of your actual personality in front of a woman. What's stopping you? It's, it's, it's purely a mental block. I'd argue. Purely mental. I don't know. I need to think about it. Okay. What, okay. Then what do you, what do you think it is? That is what that stops in that, people in, in that instant. I mean, for me again, in that situation, I felt for me, it was just, I didn't, care enough you know for in terms of that speaker but i i don't know for when you're talking about a guy approaching a woman what do you mean as in it's a a confidence issue yeah i mean there's that whole social thing there's the the whole societal thing about there's you know being a nice guy and how people don't find that attractive but people do it anyway people just revert to that I, don't know. I feel like a lot I, of people. I, I feel like a lot of. I can't of, equate it, bro. It doesn't what? seem like the same thing to me. I think it does. I think you're just you're negatively you're providing a negative input to yourself to 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 say that you're inferior to this person in front of you. Mm, so then, um, okay. In okay, in that case, then I'm saying, what stops a person from being a hundred percent authentic when faced with a woman or a person that's more successful than them? What stops a person from being 100% authentic? If you think that you're not at your, your, the way you are isn't your best self. Yeah. But is that, is that even real? Yeah. I, I think that's valid. You can't, it's, it's like you, when you talk to an important person, you talk to, you know, a woman that you're interested in, you want to elevate yourself. I think that's valid. Why not? You want to, I mean, the thing is you want to elevate yourself, meaning that you're but not you currently satisfied with how you are, which is a negative thing, which is an, it's not you're, a negative you're seeing thing. yourself as an inferior version of yourself. Is it a negative thing to be unsatisfied with yourself? What? To be unsatisfied with where you are in terms of where you, in terms of improvement? In terms of what? I feel like there's, I will always, I, feel, I don't know. It seems you, you seem to be pushing off the notion that you, you can't improve, you know? No, I feel like go trying to improve or being on the path to improvement and being satisfied with my current self. They don't have to be two independent things. If you if you're a person that's looking for improvement, at least for me, I'm always looking to improve, but I also I'll continually improve myself, but I'm also content that I'm on that path to improvement. So I'm always content with my current self at the moment. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know. It's that's just how it is for me. But I feel like that that should be how it is for most people. No? Yeah. I, I, I that is I agree with that, but I, I, I just can't equate it to this. I can't equate that gym thing to something like this. I, I think, think we should move all... past that. I don't think it's worth talking about more. It's Yeah, but it's this is also that... something that a lot of people face, you know? Yeah, but it's I don't know if that's what we should be hitting. Why? I don't know, bro. I, I feel, feel like, like my tenth more, grade... I feel like there's more to what we have to say, but we're stuck on this. Okay, fine. We can move past it, but I feel like if we're looking if we're looking for my tenth grade self or your tenth grade self, like I'd be I'd be pretty interested in this. I'd be like, why is this the case? But yeah, you're right. Let's move let's move past it. Yeah. I think we just have di- differing viewpoints on this. Yeah, or we're not seeing I like something's missing, you know? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Alright. Where were we gonna pivot after this? I don't know someone how to tie this back into spirituality. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, I can see that. But <laughs> okay, I have I have a thing. Okay, sure. I feel like when a person can actually overcome those mental barriers, that they truly surrender themselves to something that's above them. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be a god, for example, like a lot of soldiers in the time of death, or not the time of death, but in time of danger, they completely, 
you know, go berserk or go insane. And they they perform really well. Like, their leg is shot, but they'll still keep running because of the love that they have towards their country, towards patriotism. But, you know, it's something that's greater than yourself. If you're completely surrendering yourself to that cause, then I feel like those mental barriers that we were talking about automatically get removed. And I feel like if you're looking at the belief in God, it's the same way. Someone that completely surrenders himself to God knows that God is doing, you know, he's imparting his will through them. So any mental barrier that they have, it just goes away. Yeah, this is a little out there. Is it out there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, think about your 10th grade self. You you weren't even religious. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not trying to be a preacher, you know? Yeah. Is that out there? I feel like it's an interesting idea that I thought of on the spot. Okay, you're saying when you believe in something higher than yourself, then you can do more. Yeah. Okay. And I was just equating that to, you know, some dude in a war. Yeah, because something higher than himself is his country. Yeah. The same way someone someone believing in God. Yeah. And if they believe, like, let's, let's take the Bible, for example, because... I feel like if we're looking, I mean, if we're looking at American viewers, and a lot of the, our viewers on the most, are the comments on the most popular video that took off as Christian. Yeah. Let's look, let's look at the Bible. Yeah. If you believe in the Bible's teachings 100%, yeah. and you surrender yourself to God, then you're acting in a way, in accordance with how the man should live in the Bible. The ideal man should live in the Bible. So then everything is removed. You don't have, you know, you, you don't have the thing where you're like, you know, how do I talk with this woman or this highly, highly important person? Or even in the gym, you know, it's like, yeah, if I'm meant to hit this now, I will. This PR right now, I will. If I, if I don't, then I'll hit it some other time. Like, you don't feel that, that, that thing. This is out there. <laughs> is it out there? Yeah. Hey, how is it out there? It's out there, man. Should we just keep going? <laughs> I'm trying to think about how to bring this in, bro. All right, let me finish my point then. If you're talking to a woman or a person of higher importance, social importance, then you still have your code of conduct, which is how a man should act in the Bible or how a biblically oriented man should act. So you'll never, that code will never be broken in, in the, or that code will never be broken in your interactions with other people. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, let's think about how to bring this in, bro. How do we bring it in? Oh, I'm setting this down for a second. Yeah, I can, you can think about that one. Let that one marinate. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like it just goes back to the thing that I was saying earlier, where you have a code of conduct that you're supposed to follow, the Bible, how you should live. And if you truly 100% dedicate yourself to that, then that is how you'll live. There's no, you know, how should I act in this scenario, or how should I... Okay, this makes more sense in regard to the social scenario. But if you're talking about the gym PR, you know, like, I don't know how to bring that one in. It makes sense. The connection makes sense. One way you could think about it is if you, right, so it's kind of like what you were saying, but I'll, I'll just offer my way of thinking about it. So then, you know, we have two two different ways of thinking about it out there. If you believe in God, right, and you believe that, whatever he has outlined for you is the perfect path, right? There's no imperfections in that. And then you follow that. You're not going to have a single ounce or shred of doubt in your mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. But yeah. then uh, I guess the question that a lot of people would have is how do how do I know that I'm on the right path? Yeah, it's belief. I, I, that's all. Yeah, but how? Do, I mean, it could, it could even go down to a simple thing. Like, what do I eat this morning? Uh, you know, uh, a toaster... A waffle. I, I think it's, it's ultimately up to you and your the research that you've done to knowing what matters and what doesn't matter. You know, there's if you. Okay, okay and it goes what back to what we said earlier, too. If you know you're on the right path, meaning you're trying to improve, then that also can be like, you know, I'm not at my best self yet, but you're content that you're on the right path. Okay, that makes sense. But also, what if you're at a crossroads where there's a decision, like a looming decision, like you're choosing between two big schools and you don't know which one to go to? Again, I think it just goes back to you. Your, and your intuition and your, your, your belief in whichever one you want to go to? No, 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 no. Like, 
okay, if you believe in God and you believe that what he has set out is perfect, then wouldn't you look for what God is saying? What, what, like, what would, what is the most, I think you would turn to your scripture because that's what God's word is. Okay. Right? So not, I mean, it's not really God's word. I I don't know. How does it work in Christianity? Is the Bible God's word? The gospels are written by the disciples of Jesus. Right. So it's not God. So it's not God, but it's holy. Yeah. Right? And are there any imperfections in the Bible? That's a big argument. Okay, well, what do Christians believe? What? Uh, a true Christian would believe 100% in the Bible. Okay. so then But not necessarily. I feel like a true Christian would also... Or if I'm saying a true Christian, meaning like an Orthodox Christian, would 100% believe in the Bible. But there's also Christians that would, you know, say... There's the lost gospel of Thomas, for example, that was not added in the Bible. Or, you know, b- the Bible was really just a bunch of stories in Hebrew that they all put together. Like a bunch of stories meaning, like, all this stuff is holy and it's all real. But there's some stuff they could have excluded. How do they know like God's word then? This is a little bit of a tangent. But how do they know what God, God's word? Because there's parts where God is directly speaking. Even when Jesus is directly speaking, like it is his word. All four gospels corroborate the same thing. Okay, but then they only that that's the only things they take is what about all the other stuff in it? No way. You it's think, like Jesus's parable and stuff. All the other stuff is just a story. It explains what happened. Oh. Oh, it's like narrating what Jesus did. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, anyways, going back to my point, I think if you if you believe in that, if you have true belief in that there are no imperfections in that scripture and then you follow when you have a big decision such as which school to go to, you turn to your scripture and you, you're, you figure out, you interpret like something from that scripture, and then you per, you do that action, then you'll have no, like doubt about that decision. You know. Yeah, but then what specifically could you find in your scripture about the school you go to? Maybe values, maybe you know, like something about the values of the school, the culture of the school, what kind of future you want. I feel like you could find something about that in that your scripture. Sense. So you're saying that. You know, the power of belief is also applied in the case where it's like... You, maybe you, your the way I, I would say it is your power of belief will become infinitely strong if you believe in... That uh, somebody else is dictating your life if for you, you believe or in, something if higher you, than if you. If you put your belief in a higher power, yeah. But then, yeah, I guess the argument to be made against that is, like, why would I... Like, someone who's really into logic or really into... It's not even, like, logic... I guess, the like, why would someone, like, how would you make your argument for why you should believe in God, other than the fact that it will increase your, like, confidence? And the other than the fact that it will increase your, the power of belief, as we say. Because, I mean, we all came from something. Yeah, okay, well, this goes back to that, I yeah. guess. But, yeah. I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of arguments for why you, or why you would believe in God over why you shouldn't. Yeah. Like, we all exist. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's, that's argument enough yeah for me it's everything came from something that's the ultimate argument yeah but then what about those deists that say you shouldn't follow your god what do you mean they say there's something something that something happened some some something made all of us but it doesn't matter oh like we don't know if he should if he should even worship it or what if he doesn't care about us yeah a sad world to live in man i wouldn't want to live no in but like not that. even that i feel like there is a logical argument that can be made against that what's the logical argument i don't know i'm trying to think because de- i've definitely thought thought about this before i've thought about it as well for me know. it's like so many good things keep happening you know that can't be all due to just coincidence <laughs> yeah also for me there's certain revelations in those scriptures that it's just like impossible like how would they have guessed all of that and it's not just coincidence because it's happened so many times the probability is so low for example i bring this up many many times that they calculated the speed of light in the vedas how how did they know that there's just what is the probability that you would have to coincidentally guess that it was down to a units digit okay so but then i don't know what if you're saying all scripture can't be validated just because of that what just because of certain coincidences in the scriptures. Can be validated? All scriptures can be validated because of that? No, I'm saying 
people or how can you say that all scriptures are completely valid because there's parts of them that are valid i feel like most people are a lot of people a lot of people that are going against that idea would argue that there's also a lot of things in scripture that don't match what we know today such as what or but also you could also say they had more advanced technology back then yeah but such as what i i'm genuinely thinking of an example that might be wrong i don't know there's a lot of examples like uh God created the earth in seven days, for example, in the Bible. I mean, what's... I don't know. <sighs> he created the earth, or what? what's the exact verse? He created the universe in seven days. The universe. Days. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah. What other theory do we have for the there's universe? There's definitely... There's the definitely theory we have what? for the universe right now is the Big Bang. And the Big mm-hmm. Bang is that, you know, all... What is it? I mean, we're we're both familiar with the Big Bang, mm-hmm. but how is it different? We don't know what is behind the Big Bang. Like we can say, you know, the Big Bang is because of this energy, or you know, they they brought this air and mo- part molecules closer together and closer together. No, but okay, God also created the Earth in in those seven days as well, like the water on the Earth and the sun and the trees and life and animals and humans and all of that was all created in seven days. Yeah, but also. You can the argue other that, thing that time uh, dimensionality and some, you know, it's moving, time moves differently. Yeah, and also I think that, like, it's not even important. Like, that's, how is that a core teaching of Christianity, you know? Well, how, it's how, not a core teaching. How the earth was created, you know? That's just not important at all. There's just way more to take away from, you know, from those te- those texts and those scriptures rather than how many days the universe was made in. Yeah, but there's some miserable people that will only try to look for the negatives. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, this is proof that's not true. There's, I don't know. There's just so many good things it teaches you. And then if you, if you are one to say, I'm a thinker, you know, I'm a philosopher. I'm going to say that. How do you know this is the right thing? It's just, it's just annoying to me. We almost know what's right and what's wrong, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's an instinct. It's instinctually built into us. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to do something insanely wrong. I, that's that's what we call a psychopath in our society someone who questions every single moral or every single you know ethical piece of or every single part of ethics and every single moral that we have built up to this point they say oh how do we know any of this is true that's what we call a psychopath you know mm-hmm. but yeah i mean when you well, going back to the thing where you're saying what arguments do we have to actually prove the existence of god because I don't know. It's because instinct, almost. It's instinct, and but also, I feel like the people that are go, really going against God are people that are, you know, they're mostly concerned in science. But we've talked about this before as well. Science is only one way of looking at the world. Yeah, 100%. Like, we don't know everything. We don't know anything at all. Like, we don't even know what gravity truly is. You know, because Newton had this theory that had literally no validity at all. Like, you can't prove Newton's theory. He just said the mass, mass of a bigger object attracts a smaller object. And it worked, so we used it. It worked, so we used it. And then Einstein came around and said, no, that wouldn't work because of, t- because of you know, how things move in space. And Einstein constructed a new theory that you know, space-time was, there's multiple planes of space-time and that the mass of an object, it's a push force, not a pull force, that draws in other objects, smaller objects. And, you know, 300 years later, some, someone else is going to come up with a theory that better fits something that, you know, that Einstein th- Einstein's theory is imperfect due to some other limitation that it has. It's not like we've completely figured out everything. Yeah. That's that's an argument that I would use as well. Mm-hmm. Because there has to be something. Like, we have, there's infinite knowledge in the world. There's always something to be learned. There can't be a stage where we know everything. So I feel like in that case, God would have to exist. Because how did everything happen? Yeah. Okay. So what sh- lies at the end of all knowledge? That's the orgu- argument for God existing. But there's people that believe... God is completely separate from his creation. How do we know he cares about us at all or what we do? Then I just say, you know, good things happen. How can you say that it doesn't exist when such good things have been happening? He cre- he just made his he made his creation. Everything that happens in that creation is based on probability, right? And he doesn't care about us at all. He he just created it and we don't know why because he's a higher being. Okay? He created this. It's like it's almost like Saying an alien created, or we're living in a simulation, and then some mm-hmm. alien is running this in some his nerd. basement. Some nerd. Some nerd is running this in his basement. Yeah, but then in that case, you're just saying the nerd is God, you know? Yeah. Oh, but you're but saying the, why? The oh, argument the, is the nerd doesn't care about argument, us. Yeah, he doesn't care about us. He just created it for fun. So I would say, 
or do you have a, or was your argument for that? I would say. Wait, still, like good things keep happening to me. Yeah, or good things keep, keep happening to everybody. It's probability. Everybody has good things that it's happen to them. It's just probability. You know, you're saying even if you say you know who the people that are living in war and stuff. Yeah. It's just good things will happen to them. Yeah, but what if someone just argued it's part of the simulation? What that they want to test how people would react to good things or bad things? Yeah, they just created. Yeah. <laughs> they just created a simulation, and this is the probability of those things happening. So for me, again, that's what I'm saying. It goes back to the fact that there are just certain things that feel right and certain things that feel wrong, and I don't know. It's again, someone could argue that's also part of the simulation or something, but I don't know, man. It's it's sad to live in a world where you know you're just everything is based on probability. Yeah, I man, those people are just really miserable people. But you can't tell. I feel like you can, we can't say that. In the sense, we should just tell miserable people, miserable people to believe in God and all their problems will go away. Because they won't really believe. Yeah. They won't. They'll just use it as a cope. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, that's it's something, a, that's it's attractive some, enough for me. It's something all your intrinsic. problems will go away. If it's you something intrinsic. In God, I would do it's something that. intrinsic. Yeah. Because you don't believe in God because all your problems would go away. You believe in God because of something. Yeah. Something that can't be explained. Yeah. Love, some may call it. Yeah. Devotion, some might call it. Yeah, I'd have to think about this. You know, instinct, some might call it. Intuition, maybe. You should look it up just briefly. Like, what is the argument against deism? That's what deism is, right? Yeah, I think so. I just took your word for it. I think that's you were talking about it once. You know, Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Really? I think that's maybe what I told you, or maybe I didn't, but he was. He was. They told me. You told me when you're talking. Okay. If you think about it, when he wrote God... Okay, but this is just, like, logic, you know? What are they saying? It's a prima facie incoherent because it renders a God a morally irresponsible being, something that contradicts her assumed moral perfection. Okay, but that's assuming that... The rejection... Okay, what I was was going to say is, if you think about it, the God that's written in, in our Declaration of Independence... Is a God that doesn't care about us, right? Because Thomas Jefferson was a deist. It's kind of interesting to think about to me. It's just the moral character of God. Yeah, but is that an argument for someone who wouldn't believe in it or someone who was a deist? Someone asked, why would God care about us? And he just created this universe. I just, I don't have a good argument for it. It's a feeling, but that those people would just argue that. I feel like we had this discussion before, and I definitely did say I made a good argument for it. No, we never had this discussion before. Seriously, we just didn't. We just didn't. Man, I don't want to consider this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we can easily consider this. Okay, you know another thing. Oh, you know, I know how you can say, right? If Jesus performed miracles, which meant he was. Bro, 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 listen. Mm. Jesus, Muhammad, uh, any of the any of the prophets, you even take Krishna or Ram. If, well, the, if they, Jesus, if Krishna, they, and Ram aren't prophets. I know they're not uh, prophets. I, I, I'm I saying prophets. I know, but I'm making that distinction. I don't care that you say that either, but I'm making that distinction because a lot of people do. Okay, they, yeah, prophets. Go, go on. Prophets in Abrahamic religions or avatars in Dharmic religions, the common thing is both that they have divine powers or they, they don't have divine powers sorry so people don't believe that they what is it they think uh the, okay in christianity there's the holy trinity and all okay let's just keep it let's just keep it abrahamic i won't even get into the dharmic avatars all right mm-hmm. maybe i'll get into that after this but abrahamic religions jesus performed miracles right so they so we know he was sent by god and he helped so many people which means that God is good. Right? Yeah. You know how I came to that? Immediately, I thought of the feeling I had when I when I was at that Ram Temple Puja. I was telling you this the other day, but it's the best I've felt in in since I've... That's the best feeling I've had in the past few months. When I was at that temple until one, whatever, like late in the night, just observing that Puja. I had never felt better. All right? So that's that's how I came to this. Now let's shift to Dharmic religions. You look at Krishna or Ram. They were 
they were God in that, an avatar of God in that they had divine powers and people witnessed them and recorded them, right? And then, so that's power, that's proof that one, they're divine. And then two, they helped us. So. Okay, but so, then. So, so to me, that's, that's a sign that one, there's God and two, God is good. Okay. But then also, I feel like people could just argue that self-delusion aspect of it. What? Where you they know, it's, it's a power of belief, but in an untrue way. Like, you just think you feel good at the temple because you're doing something good for no, your no, God. No, 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 no. I'm saying they performed miracles at the time they were alive, and people witnessed those miracles. Yeah, but then they could say all the accounts are fake. How? Why would everyone lie about that? Why would everyone lie about it? Yeah, but who is, like, how many, how many actual existing accounts do we have? do we have of Jesus' miracles? Yeah. A lot. Just the four. What? The Gospels. Bro, then why did everyone believe in Christianity at that time? What? There were so many converts in that time itself, and we know No, that. no, no, not in that time because the Gospels converted them, or the Apostles converted them. They it's converted because they witnessed the miracles, It was just bro. those 13 people. People. And then also, like, some other people. That's during, all miracles. During Jesus, when Jesus was alive, so many people converted. What? When Jesus was going around. There were not so many. It's yes, like a so small, many. It's like a small fraction so many, of people. So many. There was a lot. There was a lot of people in that area that converted. Were there? Yes. What about the Jews that turned Thousands in? and thousands and thousands. What? Well, they didn't convert to Christianity, first of all. They converted. They believed in Jesus. Yeah. They, they believed, believed Jesus. Jesus was sent by God. He was. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Okay, what, what about all the Jews that turned him in? What? The people that were calling Sele- for his execution. Select few member of people. No, it's, it was the majority of people. The majority of people majority of people that were running the, whatever, the the the, the, the people in the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, they, don't, how, they don't No, but also the public, people. you know, people were like, they're throwing rocks at him and stuff, and he's Bro, up on the his cross. his speeches, so many people came to those speeches. Did they? Yes, yes. Well, I don't. Maybe I'm getting my biblical, biblical facts incorrect because you watched that show recently as well. Yeah. But I don't remember much. I just remember him performing miracles in front of small, small group of people. Small groups, but then he also had those speeches. He became increasingly, increasingly popular, and that's why he got crucified. No, he got crucified because he that or they used it as an excuse because he flipped that table over in the temple because they were gambling at the temple. And he why would the Roman authorities crucify a random guy? It was because he was getting so popular. No, they, they sent him to Pontius Pilate to see, you know, should this guy be crucified or not? And, you know, Pontius Pilate just, I don't know. He just did not like him for, or he did, but he felt like he should. He didn't like him because he felt he was popular. No, he didn't. Or there's a lot of, you know, because we don't know exactly what Pontius Pilate felt. I think time. that was definitely part of it. That the, that they, he was, he was too popular amongst people. People were viewing him as a God figure, not and, or yeah, they, they, yeah, they're, they're calling him a heret, uh, heretic or heretic or whatever. No, yeah, people did, but I, I think the popularity of him was because of the miracles he was, he was, uh, whatever. Yeah, he was yeah. It says he was. I believe that the account. The Bible says that the crucifixion of Jesus occurred, or the crucif- crucifixion, crucifixion of Jesus occurred after he was arrested and charged with claiming to be the king of the Jews, which is considered a betrayal of the king and punishable by death. Yeah, but by who? Not the public. The Sanhedrin. What? the law before Jesus existed was that you can't or you're not superior to the king. Everybody's just inferior to the king. The king is the top. The law made by who, bro? I'm not, I'm saying, I'm talking about people, masses of people, not whoever's running this. Up okay, I get what you're saying. Okay, but then, okay, what's your point with that? My, okay, you asked, how do we know that Jesus performed those miracles? And I'm saying it's because, one, because of the accounts of it we have. And if you, then you asked, what if someone says those accounts are false? I'm saying, then why do people convert in the first place? Who would, who would take the belief that Jesus was sent by God as the last prophet if there wasn't some proof there? There, there, there wasn't, he didn't prove it somehow. The way he proved it was by performing miracles. He would heal people. That's why people were like, okay, he's, you know. He's legit. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But would that would so is that your argument against? So that's my argument. One so that's, against people that would say. So one, that we know that God, God is care. true because he sent he sent someone to Earth with divine power. So one, we know that's true, and then he helped people. So two, he's good. Yeah, but then you know, there's a lot of people that would bring up the argument of what about those people that are suffering, like those you know little children that are being abused by their parents. But if there's a I, okay, if for me, if there's, if you already know that there's a divine power and that he helped people, 
and then then he said then then like what what else is there you know there's a god and you know he's good if people are suffering there's a reason for it you think he was just helping no people but i'm no fun? i'm saying people would deny the fact that he is good okay because but that logic doesn't, of bad things happening that to logic people. doesn't make sense because if you know there's a god right you know there's a divine power and you know he's good then you know why would he there's a reason my logic is there's a reason those people are suffering no, but I'm saying these people are disputing the fact that he is good by using suffering as the reason. Okay, but I'm saying you know. No, he, but you're saying you know he's good. So I know that means he's that suffering good is because reasoning. he healed people. Yeah, but then he's also letting people. As long as he performs way. one good thing, that makes him good to me. Yeah, but what, what what about those people that are in a sim that that say, you know, it's a simulation, just testing how receptive we are to good things and bad things. <laughs> I want to clarify this. I want to really clarify this, yeah. so I drive home this argument for myself. Okay, I don't. That's have why. An I, that's why I'm. That. I'm poking so many holes in in your argument. I don't have an argument for that. Man. There definitely is an argument, and that argument exists. There's an argument because I believe there, that that I argument. There's an argument that it. exists against that. For me, it's just the feeling, bro. When I go to the temple, when I'm praying, all those activities, I feel it's it's good enough for me to know for me to believe in God. Yeah, I I'd agree the same way. So then, I guess in that case, would it just be like how do we tell those people that? don't you're saying yeah but then yeah but if you if you if you tell these people you know come to the temple or go to the church or go to the you know Google and you'll or, feel better. Or, or the mosque or wherever and you'll feel better but then those people do go and they don't feel better because they're just trying to convince themselves that this is just dumb it's also that self-belief i don't know anyone like that personally but i bet maybe there are people out there you no know, before i actually started looking into religion before yeah what about you you weren't religious a couple years ago. yeah before i actually started looking into what all of it means i just thought you know all these rituals and stuff these pujas and all they just existed from a long time and they're just like whack traditions yeah and i just i don't know i didn't feel anything at them mm -hmm. like i just went to them and i just felt normal like i did all the rituals and i did everything that was required of me so then why did you come to believe in religion i don't know now that we're thinking about it i wonder and do some self-reflecting publish a solo episode yeah maybe bonus clip yeah that'd be good i can't do that yeah. I, I should I, I do have to think about that a bit i feel like i want to take off it'd, it'd be a banger i have a good feeling about that what why, why i came to believe in god yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. i can't do a solo episode on that that means i'll take this mic home today yeah but i don't know now that i'm thinking about it yeah, i'll have to reflect on that a little bit is that a good note to end on Sure. How long? How how much are we at? Sixteen eighty-five beats. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs>